Uh, well, I hope all the moms out there have been spoiled this morning with uh, hugs and kisses and, as I said, breakfast in bed, maybe a spilled coffee. Um, I, th- I think I remember giving my parents toast in bed and toast and crumbs. I don't know if I, I can't deal with eating in bed. It's a little phobia for me. Um, you maybe got a gift or two. Some of you I know are going to do uh, your gifts after church. Um, I always have trouble choosing gifts, and so I love those, um, you know, in the newspapers, how they have the list of the best gifts you could choose. Um, Amazon, I think, has 12 million products, and they bring it down to like the top 50 for you, which is great. Um, and so the list I found had 51 uh, heartfelt Mother's Day gifts that your mom will actually love. That was the headline. Here are some of the best. Um, there was different jewelry, particularly earrings, and um, necklaces that like pendants. Um, so gentlemen, Christmas is coming. It's only eight months away. That's about how much time I would need to remember for Christmas. Um, there are the AirPods Pro, you know, those, those little white ear things. Um, there was fresh coffee and coffee subscriptions, always valued. And, uh, and then there is uh, exercise wear, and there was kitchen gadgets. But uh, here was the big theme that I found in my list of 51 Mother's Day gifts. See if you can guess the theme. Pajamas, a special pillow, um, a lavender plant. Um, there was a mulberry silk pillowcase, a, a gel eye mask. Uh, a linen sheet set, and then this knitted velvet throw rug. You know when they do that really chunky cable knit? Um, is anybody wearing the scarf today? There was a really... Anyway, this whole blanket made of that, and there was a lady on the couch just under this big fat blanket. I, I like the idea of that. We, we might buy one for our house. We might need several. These gifts, they're all about rest, aren't they? And that's because moms deserve some well-earned rest, uh, there was a survey a couple of years ago that said, um, or that found out that stay-at-home moms with kids in elementary school work at average 98 hours with their kids during the week. Um, that's uh, about 1.7 hours a day of rest during the day. Um, that's a 14-hour day, seven days a week, two and a half full-time jobs. And uh, no wonder young moms need a rest. Um, moms, you are amazing. Um, and to the moms who've been through that season before, um, and you're on the other side. I'm sure you remember what it's like. And I thank you for supporting the younger moms who are here. Um, even if it's just a little word um, or a prayer for them, uh, I'm sure they appreciate it. Well, like I said before, um, one of the things I love about church family is the way that God gives us this new extended family in Christ. Um, he gives us moms and he gives us sisters and, and aunties and grandmothers and godmothers and, and stepmothers. We, we get them all, right? And also means that we all become like sons and daughters to somebody else. Um, It's this beautiful family idea. The Bible is all about adoption, being adopted into God's family. Um, It's so special. Um, Men, uh, we're going to have our turn of Father's Day in June. We might even have another one in August. And we'll speak specially about you, but we're honoring moms today. And so I just wanted to say that I've never tried the stay-at-home parent thing. um, And I have huge respect for people who manage whole households. Um, My wife especially, she's down there. Um, She manages a fair portion of the church here too. Um, You know, it's one of those never-ending jobs and this fairly thankless task and one that can be all-consuming. And if that's the season you find yourself in today, then Jesus has a special message for you, a one that I hope will bring you some rest in the middle of the busyness. So don't we pray and we'll ask Jesus to speak to us as we open the Bible. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time to sit down and to hear from you. Give us quiet in our hearts now. Give us peace. 
so we can listen as Jesus speaks to us. Uh, May your words bring refreshment to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, Well, you have joined us in the middle of our sermon series called Encounters with Jesus. Uh, It's all about people who met Jesus and the way that it changed their life. Um, And our story today is about two sisters who have an encounter with Jesus, sisters called Martha and Mary. Um, If I mess up who is Martha and Mary during the uh, sermon, don't throw anything, just just smile politely. Um, Mary and Martha. Uh, The story takes place in Martha's home. Uh, When Jesus stopped there on his way to Jerusalem, verse 38, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Uh, Verse 38 tells us a little little bit about culture in the first century uh, Israel. Um, It was cultural expectation that um, people would offer hospitality to travelers, um, even if they were complete strangers to them. Uh, One of our favorite TV shows is called the Long Way Round. They've done three of them. Uh, two friends, uh, Ewan McGregor, who's a movie star, Charlie Borman, um, they ride their motorcycles around the world. Uh, so in the first one, Long Way Round, they ride from London all the way through Europe, all the way through uh, dipping in and out of Mongolia and Russia. They cross into Alaska and ride their bikes all the way to New York. Um, pretty awesome. Um, the second one, they rode from London. This was Long Way Down. They rode from London all the way to the bottom of Africa, um, which was a pretty great adventure too. And the last one was Long Way Up, and they rode electric motorcycles from Patagonia, South America, all the way up to LA. Um, There is no electrical infrastructure, by the way. Um, It was worth watching that one. One of the things that we love about this show is um, Charlie and Ewan, as they drive along, sometimes they rarely had hotels booked, and so they're hoping to meet people along the way. And they get invited into people's homes and... Sometimes it's pretty scary, and most of the time, though, uh, people open their homes to complete strangers and share their food, uh, share their, their, their rooms, share their space, I guess. Um, this beautiful uh, hospitality that happens even to complete strangers. Well, Martha, she opens her home to Jesus and his companions. Um, traditionally, that meant a whole set of expectations. Um, there was a traditional greeting. You had to kiss the people, and then uh, you brought them in, and you washed their feet, this ceremonial foot washing, uh, and then you provided a meal, and you provided a place for them to sleep. Uh, all the same kind of things we'd do if we knew somebody was coming to stay at our house for the weekend. Um, only these guests probably arrived unannounced. They probably just turned up on the doorstep. Um, they didn't have mobile phones either. Um, And so Martha, right, she finds herself with lots to do. Um, Martha has lots to do, but her sister Mary is more intent on listening to Jesus. Look at verse 39. Martha had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to him, uh, listening to what he said. Um, This Mary, she's a bit of an enigma. Um, We know Mary and Martha from John's gospel. Um, It was their brother Lazarus um, who was a friend of Jesus and he died and Um, They'd called Jesus to come and heal him, but Jesus took four days to get there, and and Lazarus was dead in the tomb, and and Jesus said to them, I'm the resurrection and the life. Do you believe? And uh, do you remember that? Lazarus came out of the tomb alive. Um, That was Mary and Martha. So they probably already knew Jesus, and it's possible then that Mary um, was one of the women who was traveling with Jesus. Um, We read in Luke that there were some women who traveled with the disciples, and actually from their own means helped to pay for Jesus' journey. Uh, Perhaps Mary was one of those women. Um, Certainly in this chapter, she's portrayed as a disciple of Jesus. 
She's sitting at the feet of the teacher. That's the posture of a disciple. She listens and she learns. Um, that's what we do know about Mary. Um, there's plenty we don't know about Mary. Um, I said she's a little bit of an enigma. Um, there are several Marys who followed Jesus in his entourage. Um, there's Mary Magdalene, and she was the one who had seven demons cast out of her um, by Jesus. And then there's this Mary in our story. Um, she, she's the one who anoints Jesus um, after Lazarus is raised. She pours some perfume on him, and uh, she anoints him. But then in another gospel, there's another woman who anoints Jesus by pouring perfume on him. But she's not named as Mary. And so we go, is it the same Mary? And then the other woman who anointed Jesus, well, she was a sinner. And so we ask, is she this lady? Or is it Mary Magdalene who had the demons removed from her? Was she the sinner? Is this Mary Magdalene? Is it someone different? Jury's out. Lecture over. Don't know. What we do know about this Mary is that she's a devoted follower of Jesus. She sits at Jesus' feet and she's ready to learn. Um, But that's not Martha. Look at verse 40. Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to to Jesus. She came to him and she said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Um, I feel like I'm treading into dangerous territory here Um, because I know how much work it takes to run a household um, and I'm not a Martha by nature. I'm probably more like a Mary, but if Mary was the kind of person who sat at the feet of the television and watched... Um, listening to what it's... uh, uh, Put yourself into Martha's shoes, right? Martha, she's getting the house ready. She's cooking the meal um, for Jesus and however many friends he brought. I mean, did he bring all the disciples with him? Were there 12 of them? Um, They didn't have running water. They didn't have gas stoves. They didn't have a dishwasher. They didn't have a washing machine. All of this work had to be done by hand and it was laborious and it was slow. Um, Even with a modern house, that would still be a lot of work to do, wouldn't it? And what is Mary doing? She's in the other room listening to Jesus. And I suspect there's a lot of you who know what it's like to be working away in the kitchen or or, or, um, doing the cleaning or looking after the kids while somebody else seems to be just sitting there doing nothing. I'm I'm trying not to make eye contact with anybody right now. (laughs) If I had a mirror, I'd be trying not to make eye contact with myself. We get Martha, right? She has this right to be frustrated. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to come and help. Let's press pause on the story for a moment. Remember that our series is called Encounters with Jesus. It's all about what happened when people met Jesus and how it changed their lives. And and so I wonder for you, if you had an encounter with Jesus, how would you imagine that going? What, What would you want it to be like? How would it unfold? Would you... Would you want to run into Jesus in an elevator, just like my wife ran into Ronald Reagan in the elevator? Um, is that what, what you would want? Or would you want to meet Jesus at a fundraiser? You know, you, you, maybe you get to shake a hand and he'll sign a, sign a Bible for you. <laughs> Perhaps it might be like when somebody famous is sitting at a restaurant next to you and you're like, just sort of looking over at them. And then you tell your friends, you know, I, I saw Jesus at a restaurant. He was at the next table. I, I think he looked at me. Is that how you'd want to meet Jesus? I was thinking about how Martha might describe her meeting with Jesus. You know, imagine that she, you know, she has a conversation with a friend and and Martha says to a friend, oh yes, we we hosted Jesus at our house. He loved my apple pie. And, And the friend says, yeah, but what was he like? You know, what did he talk about? 
And Martha says, well, well he loved the apple pie, um, but to be honest, we didn't talk that much. Uh, there was so much to do, and I was in the kitchen, and you know, I was running around, I was getting everything ready, and then I had to clean up afterwards. Can you, know, Martha, you imagine her friend looking at her with this puzzled look? You're telling me you had Jesus in your house. You're telling me you had this, the most famous preacher of our generation. You're telling me you had this guy in your house, this famous teacher, and uh, he's right at your dinner table, and you didn't have time to stop and listen to him. You, you didn't find that time. What were you thinking? And I think the problem is Mary wasn't thinking, um, at least not about Jesus. Um, she was thinking about everything that had to be done. Verse 40, it tells us that she was distracted you know, by all the preparations that had to be made. And, uh, you know, I think many of us find ourselves in that same position as Martha, distracted. You know, distracted by all the things that we have to do. I'm in the middle of my working career right now, and, and there's always something else to be done. My daughter, she's in college, she's in her first year of nursing school, there is always more to be done, there's assignments and tests and exams. Some of you working in incredibly demanding jobs right now, I know that you're traveling or you're working in the city or you might be here telecommuting, there's always more to be done. And even those of you who've stopped working full time, I know for some of you your, your, your time is just as full as it was when you were working. Some of you say it was even busier than when you were working, there's always so much to do. We're all, we're all in that season. We're always in that season. But you see, in the middle of the busyness, in the middle of all the appointments and assignments and arrangements, in the middle of all of life's chaos and complexities, what will you do when Jesus comes knocking at your door? Perhaps that's what he's doing today. That's what he's doing this morning, at this very moment. Perhaps Jesus is knocking on your door. He's right here, and he's available, and he wants you to have this opportunity he wants you to have this encounter with him, not, not like a photo opportunity or, or a signing. He wants to have a chance to sit down with you. He wants to hear from you. And he wants to speak words over your life, words of comfort, words of peace, and, and words of forgiveness, words of transformation. Jesus wants you to have this life-changing encounter with him today. And he wants you to have that every day. Listen to what Jesus says to Martha in verse 41. He says, Martha, Martha, you're worried and you're upset about so many things, but few things are needed. In fact, only one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen what is better, and it won't be taken away from her. Jesus says that, you know, we can get so caught up in the details of life that we miss the most important one. There's only one thing that really matters. There's only one thing that we really need in life. And that's what Mary discovered as she sat there at Jesus' feet. She sat there despite everything that needed to be done. She understood that all of that other stuff can wait. It can go on pause for a few minutes. It can go on pause for a couple of hours. The task, the next task will always be there. The washing will always be there. The next task of work will always be there. Whatever it is that's taking up your, your time and your attention, whatever it is that's distracting you, it's always going to be there. It's never going to go away. There'll just be another one that replaces it. But Jesus, he's here right now, and he's speaking the same words to us that he said to Martha. He says, you're so busy, you're juggling so many things, but there's only one thing that really matters. There's only one thing that will truly make sense of your life. There's only one thing that's going to keep you grounded in the middle of the whirlwind of life. And Jesus says, it's me, it's Jesus. Jesus himself, he knew what it was like to be busy, didn't he? Um, 
in the three years that he was on the road preaching and teaching and, and healing, every day he had crowds following him. Um, in one of the stories, it's so busy that people are pressing in and pushing down the door. They're, they're clamoring. There's another story where somebody touches him to be healed. Jesus knew what it was like to be busy from morning to evening. Um, young mums, you know that feeling, don't you? You've seen the, uh, the memes about, I just want a minute to go to the bathroom on my own. Jesus knew that even with all of those people clamoring for his attention, he needed time alone. He needed time alone every day to sit at his father's feet. And so Jesus would go to a quiet place and he would pray. It would be usually very early in the morning. And it was how Jesus reconnected with God. It, it was how Jesus listened to God. It's how Jesus found his rest. And when we take that kind of time for Jesus... It's how we'll ultimately find our rest too. Jesus famously said um, in Matthew's gospel, he said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. When we make time for Jesus, it means we're doing the one thing that will make sense of the rest of your life. It'll make sense of everything else. Jesus is the one who will restore our sense of balance. He's the one who will restore our sense of peace. He's the one who will restore our sense of self. He's the one who can give you true rest, the true rest you're longing for. Um, I love the Mother's Day gifts. And uh, I think you probably do need a pillowcase and you probably do need a great rest. And uh, if you've got a young mom or, or any kind of mom at home, make sure you give them a good rest today. But, but don't neglect that important rest. Jesus is here now and he's waiting for you to sit at his feet. And Jesus wants to speak those words of comfort and peace and rest over you. And all you have to do is put down those other tasks just for a little while. Find a little moment. Find a little bit of time. Just long enough to hear him speak. Why don't we pray for the courage to do that now? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this lesson about what's so important in life. Father, help us in the middle of the busyness to put down those tasks for a minute to come and hear you speak. Thank you that you're speaking to us right now. We do pray that you would speak those words of comfort and peace over everybody sitting here and everybody listening at home. We pray, Father, for peace. We pray that you would restore us, give us trust in Jesus that helps us to navigate all the busyness and reminds us of the day when we'll come back to you in the garden when all the things will be restored like they were in the beginning, uh, when the, uh, the busyness will be over. We pray that you'd sustain us in this season. pray in Jesus' name. Amen.